0: in the studio you know you don't want it too cold don't want it too warm i mean my goodness iowa oh the pictures connell holy smokes i've been there yes in january twice for for the caucuses and it was like 10 yeah and freezing it's like going to be negative 20 or 30 yeah i I, I checked the 10 day
1: outlook i said you know what send leland i think that's the way that that's the way we (laughs) should handle this you know our buddy leland bitter is there all right
0: connell uh (laughs) thanks buddy have a great weekend we'll catch you on monday hello and welcome to the hill Here on News Nation, as there is a standoff, by the way, at the southern border. The federal government says Border Patrol agents are being blocked in some areas from doing their jobs. So what is going on in Eagle Pass? We'll explain. Plus, the United States fires back the commander-in-chief approving airstrikes against the Houthis in Yemen. Here in Washington, unusual coalitions are forming that are both defending and criticizing that decision. And as we just mentioned with Connell, my goodness, is it cold. So what does this mean for the Iowa caucuses on Monday? We'll get into it all. Thanks for being with us here on The Hill. I'm Blake Berman, joined today by Michael Starr Hopkins, Democratic strategist. Nan Hayworth, the former Republican congresswoman from the state of New York. Kurt Bardella, Democratic strategist as well. And Lauren Wright, Princeton University political scientist. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. Thanks for being with us here on the Hill. Happy Friday to you all. We begin with this Do not mess with our football whatsoever. Do not mess with it. <laughs> that was the message this afternoon from the Democratic congressman from New York, Pat Ryan. He has written a letter to the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, and the president of NBC Sports, threatening the NFL because the Miami Dolphins Kansas City Chiefs playoff game tomorrow night is being shown exclusively. On NBC's streaming network, Peacock, the one you got to pay for. The congressman writing, writing, quote, Congress granted the NFL an antitrust exemption in its broadcast deals with the expectation that you wouldn't use it to screw over fans. That was clearly a mistake. The congressman calls this, quote, bait and switch BS. Hello to you all. Thanks for being here. That's what you're talking about. (laughs) Thanks for being with us here on the Hill. I mean, look. This is, I guess, smart politics, if nothing else,
2: Kurt? I mean, this is the voice of the fans here. Let's get this straight. Every time a team wants to build a new stadium, taxpayers are on the hook for that. How on earth... Are you going to take one of the most consequential games of the season, the wild card playoff game, and take it off television and make fans who've already paid in financial stadiums have to buy a subscription to a streaming service I we do to watch in- a playoff game? What we- Come we every on! Every Thursday, though, the Amazon game. So, so the Amazon game,
3: right? Who but
0: the we- heck is watching that? What about this <laughs> idea, though, of stripping the NFL from its anti from its antitrust exemption? Yeah, I mean, I think you're all, an attorney.
1: I think all sports teams should be stripped of antitrust exemptions. It's something that Major League has benefited from forever. And like Kurt said. People are done with it. You get these football teams that are using public money to finance their stadiums to do these programs. Let the billionaires pay for it. In D.C., we're yeah. dealing with that problem right now with RFK Stadium.
0: You, you know this congressman. He's like your next-door neighbor, he's, next he's next neighbor. District. yeah I
4: don't know him personally, but, uh, you know, it, I mean, look, I'm sure this is a politically popular issue. It's low-hanging yeah. fruit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in that sense, it, it understood, understood, but it just, it, you know, makes you think, okay, but don't you have a lot more serious stuff to deal with? What I really need you to do is vote on spending and taxes and relieving burdens, public safety and border security and all the rest, and your party's failing on every single one of those, sir, so I want to see action on that.
1: Maybe mm. he should just buy Peacock.
2: You know, a few things unite <laughs> Republicans and Democrats, though, like sports in Congress. Sports. I remember I when, I worked, all the time. when yeah. I worked at the Oversight Committee, the most heavily attended hearing that I've ever seen in my life what? was That's when they had Mark. Sammy Sosa oh, at the, the Oversight oh, with Henry great. Waxman and Tom Davis doing the steroids and baseball investigation. Huh.
5: 200 million people watch the Super Bowl. This is like the last yep. thing that many, many people watch. So, it uh, is unmatched by any other type of event. I'm so, glad you
0: bring it up. So 7,
5: tone deaf.
0: NFL viewership, 17.9 million is the average viewership right now for the yeah. NFL on Linear. Peacock viewers, the game a couple weeks ago, 6.1 million, basically a third. The American Bar Association, by the way, looked wrote a huge, lengthy article uh, about this idea of should the NFL be stripped from antitrust? Because now
4: lawyers are drinking establishments because both are affected (laughs) here.
0: So when when the antitrust exemption was given, it was just traditional TV. Now you got to pay for the -the over-the-top stuff. And here's Mm -hmm. what they said: They said, as of now, the best option appears to allow fans to have access to the best of both worlds without any antitrust violations. Through simulcasting. Nevertheless, with technology ever changing, the next revolutionary NFL broadcasting agreement could be right around the corner.
1: This is the perfect example of how we're getting away from cable. I mean, as we all kind of unplug. I love cable. Yeah, Yeah, I love (laughs) cable too. I love being able to stream. Keep watching us here. It's Alicard. Exactly. I
0: especially
4: like a certain cable news station.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) All right. So uh, interesting interesting there from the congressman. (laughs) we'll, We'll see where this goes. He's calling out the NFL. All right. Right. Meantime, elsewhere here in Washington, President Biden vowing to conduct more strikes against the Iran-backed Houthi rebels if they continue attacks in the Red Sea.
6: We will make sure that we respond to Houthis Houthi if they continue this outrageous behavior, along with our allies.
0: That President Biden just moments ago. It comes, as you know, after the major overnight attack by the U.S. and the Brits against a series of targets linked to the Iranian-backed Houthi rebels. Officials say the targets were all, quote, valid, legitimate military operations. Joining us now, the Massachusetts Democratic Congressman, Seth Moulton, he is a member of the Armed Services Committee. Congressman Moulton, uh, good to talk to you again. Thanks for being back here on the Hill. Uh, You are an Iraq war veteran as well. Uh, I'm I'm wondering
7: when you learned of this and what you thought about it. Well, I learned it about at the same time that everybody else in America did. And I think it's the right decision. It's a decisive move. These are uh, proportionate, professional precision strikes against a terrorist organization that is terrorizing international shipping, attacking innocent, defenseless crews just trying to get goods to market all across the globe. It's a serious threat. The administration is taking it seriously. And they've joined with an allied coalition of nations around the globe to say we're going to put a stop to this. And we're going to prevent this from escalating into a wider regional war.
0: But, you know, th- there's even members of your own party who disagree with you, sir. For example, uh, Congressman uh, Ro Khanna w- responded to a tweet from Matt Gates, by the way, strange <laughs> bedfellows, oh, bedfellows on, on both sides. Um, but, 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 but basically saying that Congress should have been authorized, should, should, should have known about this. And you just told me you found about this like everyone else.
7: That's right. But actually, the president often takes action like this. He took action like this to respond to the attacks against U.S. troops in Iraq just a couple of weeks ago, and it's fully authorized under the War Powers Act. Actually, there are a couple of different provisions, but under the War Powers Act, the the president is allowed to take this kind of action. He has 48 hours to notify Congress, and he has to cease the activity after 60 days before coming to Congress for permission to continue it. It's fully with under the law. It's, with under, it's, it's within the Constitution. And frankly, if he had gone to Congress first, I'm not sure we would have gotten our act together quickly enough to respond. This week in Congress, we couldn't even pass a procedural vote. The, the preliminary vote just to be able to vote yes or no on a bill under this dysfunctional Republican leadership. So I think there are a lot of reasons why the president took action on his own. It's constitutional, it was the right decision, and it sends a message to these terrorist groups in the Middle East that we're not gonna stand for it. I'm I'm digging into my inbox here, Congressman,
0: because the Pentagon has just put out uh, a statement and they say Secretary Lloyd Austin was actively engaged this week in overseeing and directing the U.S. military's participation in last night's multinational strikes. Um, Secretary Austin, sir, as I mentioned, you are, you are a veteran. We know what happened, how he kept the president, the White House, the administration, the American people in the dark about where he was and what he was going through. Um, first
7: off, do you feel that he should keep his job? And what he did is completely unacceptable. Uh, I can't imagine that happening at the lowest levels of the military chain of command, like where I was as a as a mere lieutenant platoon commander in Iraq. I can't even imagine it happening when I was a 15 year old bus boy. I mean, if I was going to be out for a week, I had to tell my boss. So this is a major breakdown in the chain of command. And the commander in chief needs to make a decision here. It's up to the president as to whether he fires Secretary Austin. But I tell you what, he needs to send a decisive message that this is never going to happen again. What what, what what would you do? I'm curious. If you had to make the call. What if would I were you the know? president of the United States, I would fire him in about five minutes. Wow.
0: Okay. And let me ask you this then. If he is, quote, unquote, actively engaged in these operations, should he be?
7: Well, I'm not familiar with his medical condition. I mean, we all feel terrible for right. Secretary Austin and his family. I mean, my grandfather died of prostate cancer. It's a serious condition. We want to make sure he gets the medical attention that he needs, Uh, But what's most important is that America gets the national security that it needs and their troops get the supervision that they need. That's the secretary's job.
0: Congressman Moulton, thanks again for being on back. Uh, We hope to have you again soon. Have a great weekend. Good to see you. Yep. Um, Lauren, I wonder what you.
5: This is a little bit cynical, but I can't help but think one of the reasons this didn't go to a vote is because Democrats don't want to hash it out with their members who don't think we should defend ourselves at all against Iran or its proxies. And those like Congressman Moulton, who said this is a good, prudent decision, right. it's constitutional, and the president does have sweeping authority. I mean, I mean, that's a real divide, and it's very scary. I mean, <laughs> it is.
0: It is. So. You know, you have Speaker Mike Johnson, uh, Mitch McConnell, the top Republican in the Senate, and, and President Biden all on the same page here. Exactly. And uh, some Democrats, like Congressman Moulton, uh, backing President Biden on this, but other Democrats saying, as you, are, you know, are none too thrilled about what happened.
5: That's right. And, uh, you know, no one ha- No one would accuse Joe Biden on this issue of a knee-jerk reaction or doing something without thinking of it. Most of the criticism has been that he's let too much to ha- happen. Seventy-five attacks on our troops since October 17th by Iranian proxies. So,
1: which is exactly why he responded here. Right. I mean, Right. What, what the problem is here is you have a speaker and Republicans who can't even vote to keep the lights on or take the trash out. So he couldn't take this to Congress. They had to respond quickly. They, how, how would the former Republican Congresswoman
0: from New York have voted?
4: Uh, well, I would. If there was a vote, I would have voted to support an attack on the Houthis. But here's the problem: we have this administration has funded effectively the Houthis, Hamas, Hezbollah, all the Iranian proxy. Uh, groups and and, uh, pseudo-states through the cash flows that they've either directly provided to Iran, whatever justification there may be, or have facilitated through their lenience. It's a distinct turnaround. It's 180 degrees from what the prior administration did, and that is what has allowed them to do what they do. So
0: I'll leave leave you with this because they just told it to me in my ear. I guess the president has been asked about this, and he said Democrats who question him uh, or question the decision are, quote-unquote, Wrong. Huh. So that is oh, the well. stance hey. from the president. By the way, Seth go. Moulton there said Lloyd
1: Austin should have been fired in five minutes. That's the news of the story right there. I mean, yeah. the fact that a Democrat is calling for him to be fired. Mm-hmm. There are not a lot of Democrats that are coming to the defense of Lloyd Austin in this situation. We all feel for him, but well, you cannot the, go defensible, it right? Yeah, there is no— like, You can't defend right.
2: indefensible. Like, this is a yeah. very clear— Like, this wasn't some kind of minor thing. Like, you had— Cancer that you're getting treated for, you're the Secretary of Defense, there are active military operations going on.
0: So so pause for a second. I want to show just just the timeline here for Lloyd Austin, uh, the way all of this worked. Again, he has prostate cancer. The great news is he is expected to make a full recovery. Thank goodness. The timeline, uh, December 22nd, he underwent surgery for prostate cancer. January 1st, he then had to go back, was rushed back to the hospital, Walter Reed in this case, for, for quote-unquote severe pain. The White House did not know about this until January 4th. And at the time, the story was, my gosh, how did the White House not know for three days that the, that the defense secretary was hospitalized, right? And we were all talking about this and lots of questions. And then on January 9th, five days later, we learned that even with all that, he still didn't tell his boss, the commander-in-chief, that he has cancer.
4: It's and His made, deputy yeah. was in Puerto Rico and his secretary had the flu. I mean, what are we running
5: here? A high school? This is the United States. I mean, this well, is this made kind of worse because they you promised get transparency. It's right. absolutely, really, really bad. Like that, state, that was the message when they came in. Yeah, so transparency. One of the all statements the from
0: him on around, if it wasn't January 4th or right around there, January 5th, when they were trying to do some cleanup, was we're going to be transparent. And then uh, 100 uh, hours later, uh, we find out, oh, he's there, you know because he has cancer, which brings in the question, You know, again, thank goodness he's going to make a full recovery, but doesn't the Secretary of Defense need to inform the Commander-in-Chief that he has cancer for reasons like this? Because we just went and sh- struck well, a and, the, and running and back is, proxies in it. Yemen.
2: The bigger that's problem it. here, too, is this is the kind of thing that gives father fodder when the right says Biden's too old, he's not up for the job, he's not really running the government. When your Secretary of Defense isn't telling you that you're going to be gone MIA for days because of a serious medical procedure... It kind of gets a criticism, like, why did you so, think it was not okay, only that, not like he to tell the commander-in-chief? So let me, let, me
0: ask, let me ask you this, because we just heard Seth Moulton said he would have fired him in five minutes. To the two Democrats, you would have fired him, yes or no? Yes, absolutely. Okay, all right. Coming up, uh, have you heard about this? A showdown in the state of Texas. State officials there are preventing Border Patrol agents from accessing a busy migrant crossing area. So why is Texas telling the federal government and Border Patrol agents we got this. You can't come here. Step back. Now the Department of Justice is responding. And he went to a classified briefing on UFOs this morning. Congressman Tim Burchett. So after that briefing, you see the steps there behind him. The congressman walked out of the Capitol, walked down the steps, and I talked to him. I said, what'd you hear? What'd you learn? My goodness, Tim Burchett was none too thrilled about that briefing. You'll hear the full interview when The Hill on News Nation returns.
4: Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s message can be heard everywhere. His words change the nation.
3: And though you might not know where the words came from, you can feel the truth behind them.
4: We're now faced with the fact that tomorrow is today.
7: We're confronted with the fierce urgency of now.
3: The Reverend Martin
7: Luther
6: King Jr. called us all to service.
4: Opportunities to serve those in
8: need are all around you.
6: And every time you volunteer to read to a child, serve a hearty meal, or clean up a park in your comunidad, his message becomes a reality.
1: This January is your chance to let MLK's word inspire you to action.
4: Learn how you can volunteer for a better tomorrow on MLK Day at americorps.gov forward slash MLK Day.
3: When it comes to consumer prices for food and for most products... It is typical for prices to fall slightly in December. And that's what they did. Agriculture Department economist Megan Schweitzer says that according to the new Consumer Price Index, overall inflation for all goods in the economy during December went down by one-tenth of one percent. And for food, same thing. Food at home prices fell by 0.1 percent in December. And prices for food at home are for groceries were 1.3% higher than a year ago. Which is an inflation rate far below the average yearly rate of about 2.5%. And in fact, for the 22 general food categories that Megan tracks... We saw price decreases for 12 of them from November to December. And several foods last month actually were selling for less than they did a year ago, including fish and seafood, dairy products, fresh vegetables, and eggs. Those egg prices down almost 24% from a year ago. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture.
6: Thanks for listening to News Nation on the go. I'm Connell McShane. Join me weekdays 3 to 5 on America's Fastest Growing News Channel. A simple eye exam can catch eye disease before it affects your sight. I am Dr. Griffin Rogers, Director of the National Institute of Diabetes, Digestive, and Kidney Diseases. Dr. Michael Chang, Director of the National Eye Institute here at NIH Explains. Many eye diseases don't have early symptoms, so you may not recognize
2: that you have a problem. The best way to track eye health is with a dilated eye exam. Your eye doctor will check for problems, give you eye drops to widen your pupils, and check for eye disease. This simple, painless exam can detect issues early when they're easier to treat and before they affect your vision. You'll need a dilated eye exam at least every one to two years if you're over age 60 or over age 40 if you're African-American. You have a family history of eye diseases such as glaucoma. You have diabetes or high blood pressure. So talk to your doctor
6: about an eye exam if you meet any of these criteria. Follow us at NIDDK.gov. This is Dr. Griffin Rogers.
3: This message is from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Did you know veterans enrolled in VA health care can use over 3,000 urgent care locations across the country to treat non-life-threatening conditions? It's easy and free. Just show your Veteran Health ID card. Get the best care for veterans. Sign up at va.gov, call 1-800-MYVA411, or visit your nearest VA medical center. Medicare Benefits Review.
9: You won't know what plan options are available to you unless you call. So call now. The call is free. Call 800-579-8194.
3: 800-579-8194. News Nation Tonight, an On Balance special. Leland Vetter gives a preview of the Iowa caucuses, the first major event in the GOP calendar. What's at stake for the candidates and the direction of the Republican Party? Tonight at 7 Eastern, only on News Nation.
0: All right, welcome back here to The Hill on News Nation. You are looking live right now, live shot, Eagle Pass, Texas, where there is now a dramatic standoff between the state of Texas and the federal government. The Biden administration has now turned to the Supreme Court after Texas Governor Greg Abbott ordered the National Guard there and state troopers in his state to block U.S. Border Patrol agents from a stretch of the Rio Grande in Eagle Pass. In a filing, the Justice Department claims that the move, quote, demonstrates an escalation of the state's measures to block the Border Patrol's ability to patrol or even surveil the border. All right, the basic thinking here is that the federal government, Lauren Nan, isn't doing enough at the border. So Texas, we're going to take this into our own hands. You got a problem with it? It's
5: not going to go anywhere good, but <laughs> it should not have happened in the first place. And the reason it's happening is because the Biden administration has been extremely confusing, inconsistent on the immigration issue. They have simultaneously fought to keep some Trump policies in court. More deportations, for instance, while also blaming Republicans and then saying they want publicly funded programs for migrants. But isn't this? Isn't this? No a one wi- can make heads or tails. Isn't of it? this a
0: wild concept, though? Of mm-hmm. federal government, you step aside, states. Yes, we got is. this. I mean, immigration like, is. is is a is a federal issue, well, is it not? But it's, but, a but, it's a, but
4: it's a public safety issue in the state of Texas. It is an unusual burden on the citizens of Texas. Uh, both in terms of expenditures on social welfare benefits for whatever time or duration these uh, migrants who are present illegally remain in the country, and also in terms of public safety. So I think that's the state of Texas's argument. Your federal government is putting us at risk.
0: So what about what about what they're saying, right? Biden administration essentially has failed at the southern border.
1: This is an institutional failure. Democrats certainly haven't helped, but Republicans haven't come to the table to actually have a real deal on immigration. Last time we came together, Republicans backed out on a deal. Now we're seeing the consequences of this but democrats and republicans have to come together and do this and democrats need it for poli- well democrats politically need this we need this off the table mm. coming into the election but
5: why do you think it's happening in the first place you don't think there's anything to do with the f- poll factors that started on the 2020 dem- democratic campaign trail no i
2: think <laughs> immigration have been going on for two decades we've yeah. been having the same conversation about immigration now forever and we the one time we came close to a deal the mccain kennedy bill Republicans were the ones who tanked it because the right went absolutely nuts over the word, quote, amnesty. That that bill never happened. No compromise ever happened. I mean, we came from a place as a party, as a former Republican, where we once talked about compassionate conservatism. That's what George W. Bush preached. He was someone who wanted an immigration bill to be the centerpiece of his administration's accomplishments. And it ended up not really happening because Reagan. of Republicans. Well, they, uh, well, Reagan granted the 86 Simpson-Mazzoli uh, amnesty
4: clearly, bill in the first place. But, but when, when negotiations break down, both sides can be blamed for the breakdown. Let's sure, sure, but just it. don't say it's that. A, it's I mean, this is a failure. This is well, a But right now, but right now, but right parties, right now it's down. a Democrat administration, and Trump did have certain policies like remain in Mexico. I thought
2: Mexico was building us a wall to fix all this, well, well, and they well, were going to pay for it. They were going to pay for it. Where's the
4: check to pay for it? That is a digression. Trump actually did build some wall. It wasn't enough. But Nixon was I supposed to pay for
2: it. Uh, well, he said it over and over and over. Again.
1: This, is
4: best,
5: this is the best snapshot of this to me. Exactly. Trump had a horrible child separation policy. Laura Bush wrote an op ed. Ivanka said it was the most embarrassing, lowest one of the administration. Biden's approval rating is the same great. as when Trump rolled that out and everyone was absolutely furious with okay. him. That is how yeah. upset people are at the Biden administration about it. Let, let me wrap
0: this up this way. This is the debate. This is it, right? right? And this is why, in part, I think it's gotten to where it is in Texas. All right, speaking of Texas, uh, have you seen this? The movement for Texas independence suffered a major blow. The state Supreme Court declining to hear a challenge to the Texas Republican Party's refusal to include the, quote, Texas... Petition on the March primary ballot. The group Texas National Movement has been pushing to make Texas an independent nation, Nan. Yeah, it is. You're already, you're laughing. It
4: it, it is the Republic. It It is the Republic, but once you sign in, once you sign up to be part of the United States, you're locked in. Uh, But I want to just mention one thing apropos of Texas the Flores Consent Decree was what the Trump administration finally decided to enforce, and that was why children were separated. Uh, because of the florist de- consent decree, which was actually an Obama administration policy. But uh, that, dis- that, irrespective of that, uh, Texas cannot just decide it's Let me let's, just say, uh, let's get that
1: federal money back then if Texas wants to, <laughs> Let's see how there that goes. Uh, there, there you go. go. Exactly. <laughs> right.
5: Yeah, that's got 97,000 signatures. There's 30 million people there. All right, so if the Cowboys
1: win the Super Bowl, the they Cowboys can become their
0: own state. <laughs> yeah. Yes, right. All right. <laughs> so are it, what were we saying? 90, <laughs> have 30 million people and 90...
5: 97,000 signatures. It's Not enough. Up. Not enough. From Not Texas nice.
0: to Iowa, and my goodness. A live look, I believe. Do we have it? Field of Dreams in Dyersville. GOP presidential candidates making their whole list. Whoa. Jesus. My gosh. <laughs> Ugh. That is the scene in Iowa right now. One of the reasons why we're showing this to you, I mean, this could have a major impact on the Iowa caucuses on Monday. Kelly Meyer is standing by live for us. She's all bundled up. Uh, We're going to go to her on the other side of the break on what she's feeling, and uh, you know, Ron DeSantis was all about speaking of Iowa. It's sort of what what books should be in classes and in schools in Florida. And now one county in Florida says, you know what? We have to examine the dictionary. The ultimate troll on the other side of the break. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the Hill, Iowa, seeing bone chilling cold weather, dangerous roads. It is, feels like minus nine right now. That is a live look at Johnson County, Iowa. That is the campus of the University of Iowa. Republican hopefuls canceling most of today's in person campaigning. Think about that. This is everything that they've built their campaigns up for, and the weather is so bad and so treacherous. They're just saying, like, we can't do it. Uh, Nikki Haley resorting to telephone town halls, for one example. Kelly Meyer, uh, come on in. She is in downtown Des Moines. I owe you a.
3: <laughs> I Jesus.
0: owe you a bottle of wine, Kelly. Um, because Woo. we brought you on to talk I about. I love you,
8: Blake, oh but I don't know.
0: God, <laughs> <laughs> I brought you on to talk about what you're feeling. She looks great. She, I, love, she does she's look great. On it. Um, what's it like there, and what are people saying, Kelly? Talk to me.
8: I mean, there's really not much uh, around. There's not a lot of people around right now. I see some snow plows. Uh, the roads are still pretty bad which i'm actually surprised i thought Iowa would be better at clearing the roads but the roads are rough as you said they canceled the campaign events today they just couldn't get folks to go out there and it's pretty much shut down a lot of the restaurants just closed down so you can't really get food around here and it's cold right now but it's only going to get colder Uh, i was looking at my phone and i was shaking it trying to be like is this real is this what it's going to be negative 17 as a low tomorrow negative uh it's going to be negative two uh on on monday night caucus night with a low of negative 17 so it's only going to get colder but we were talking with voters uh and they say you know they're used to this so they might head out on caucus night so take a listen to this
1: I like being out in this weather because, like I said, being an Iowan, we're, we're used to this weather. And so uh, as a native Iowan, this is kind of what, what we go through. And um, it's not, it doesn't complete a, a year without something like this.
8: And, Blake, it's actually so cold in here, I think the birds are seeking refuge uh, in the parking garage <laughs> near us, uh, just tweeting over here because they are also freezing uh, their butts off out here. So we'll toss it back to you.
0: Who's, who's your photographer, Kelly? Kyle. Kyle, Kyle Watkins. Thanks, Kyle. We appreciate it, <laughs> Kelly Meyer. Thank you as well. Say thank uh, you. Have fun this weekend. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, so there's there's the weather. This is obviously impacting Iowa Advantage. Who? Like because well, you would think maybe this might suppress voter turnout? No? You don't think I, don't
5: so? th- I don't think voter turnout effects are ever really more than two to three percentage points on average, and Iowans are used to extreme weather. In 2008, they had record turnout, and it was double-digit negatives. So I, I don't expect a big difference. I do think DeSantis and Haley should get some snowshoes on and Throw a hail mary and get out there. I don't know. We'll I, see. I think how this is going to hurt everyone. Is. This
1: is going to hurt DeSantis. I think he already has an enthusiasm problem. Okay. And if he takes your advice, the more people that meet Ron DeSantis, the less that like him. <laughs> oh. His numbers keep going down. But they down. have the more a big introduced.
5: transportation operation. They he do. said they have a plan. They have contingencies to get people there to the caucus. If anyone
1: knows about environmental disasters, I think the, the Florida Donald governor Trump here.
0: Yeah. Folks. You think so?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, well, he handles come
0: them. On. So you mentioned Donald Trump. We had Jason Miller, senior advisor, on the show yesterday. Uh, can we show the polling real quick? Because the latest poll, Suffolk University there in Iowa, shows Donald Trump up by 34, right? And we've heard Donald Trump talk about his leads, 30s, 40s, 50s, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But when we when we asked Jason yesterday about, well, are you going to crack 50 percent? I found it interesting that this was his
6: response. The fact of the matter is <laughs> a win is a win. 12 points is the record uh, no one is ever in the modern era for a contested primary contest going into caucus night actually won by more than 12 and no one has cracked 50 percent
0: that man <laughs> is, is, is expectation set yeah
4: absolutely and very smart it's much better to do that than to. Look, we, Republicans saw what happened in the 2022 midterms and, uh, right, we were, we're all on 70 right. seat red wave.
1: <laughs> right.
4: Hillary, Hillary saw it in 2016. I yeah. think it was, yeah. what, Princeton University? Yeah, predicted 99% chance she was going to win. So, yeah, he's... he's not me. He's, like, no, of course uh, that, no, not. No, not Professor
5: Wright. I know who no. it was, though.
4: Trump uh, 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 yeah. supporters
1: were <laughs> yeah. all yeah. glass to vote for him. Right. So, they will turn out. It doesn't matter what the weather is. I think he's the one. Okay, by the way, with the free Rising temperatures
0: in Iowa. Voters uh, may want to stay indoors. And in one restaurant there that they could head to. This is what they're serving up, for example, uh, a zombie burger. Restaurant in downtown Iowa announcing their caucus menu special to entice customers today. For example, is Mama Swami's spaghetti.
2: Tomorrow will be
0: <laughs> Meatball Ron caucus. Uh, that's kind of mean. Yeah, right. Uh, caucus Monday will have Day One dictator. Sure. <laughs> Invoking recent comments oh made by President oh Trump, haters. all specials are. I'm just reading that third girl. There's also, by the way, Sleepy Joe and Dark Brandon Shade. I'm trying for to get nine a Dark Brandon Shade. Bucks shape. each. Wow. Just okay. sort of get me in the mood there yeah. for Iowa. All right. Uh, by the way, we will also have special coverage uh, of the Iowa caucuses tonight. Leland Vitter live from Des Moines. Chris Cuomo, Dan Abrams, Elizabeth Vargas will also join him uh, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern right here. Only on News Nation. Now, from the Arctic tundra, that is Iowa, right now to Florida, where a school district in the state's panhandle has removed more than 1,600 books from its library shelves. The books are under review for compliance with the state's sex education law that went into effect last summer. Now, that law prohibits sex education and books describing sexual content to students in fifth grade or below. Okay, it was quite controversial, as you might imagine, something that Ron DeSantis, uh, Speaking of the Iowa caucuses, was pushing. Now, books under review in Escambia County include five dictionaries, eight encyclopedias, the Guinness Book of World Records, biographies of Beyonce and Oprah Winfrey, Bill O'Reilly's books, Killing Jesus and Killing Reagan, and Anne Frank's Diary. I saw this, the dictionary, this. Like, what's going on here? Is this just a straight troll?
5: No, this is really serious, and this is something some conservatives are pushing for, and it's absolutely idiotic, because what happens when you ban some things, or it's in the eye of the beholder what's offensive, what's violent, what's pornographic, and it doesn't take a big imagination for conservatives to imagine liberals using the same tools against them. This is
0: some form of a troll, though, right? I mean, there is, in theory, sexually explicit or sexual content in the dictionary. Right. Like definitions of words all over the place.
5: That's the point is you can make this point about any book, any piece of material. And also the problem is that we're not reading. 20 percent of Americans are illiterate. The kids are not reading, period. That's the major issue. And 54 percent of Americans have a sixth grade reading level. Um, They can find whatever they want online. That's the bigger issue. It's even bigger than social media. Books and libraries are not are not the issue. Bless here. their
1: heart. We actually need more kids to pick up dictionaries, yes, encyclopedias, about, exactly, Diary yes. of Anne Frank. Like this is an area where I think Republicans miss the mark, and all these claims about Democrats being snowflakes. But you have Republican governors now banning books that then, we're not talking they, about. Yeah, like no, so, these ones,
0: are, these ones are these ones are under is, review. Is, it, yeah, but no, let me no, ask you this: as, as Michael, did you miss the mark? Did did your party miss the mark on this?
4: Uh, Actually, (laughs) that well, no, but that that law was was promulgated to uh, prevent sexualized content for up to third grade. I thought it was, although apparently fifth grade now. I think it may have been third grade, but uh, it was the Florida legislature had to uh, pass that law in order for Governor DeSantis to sign it. And as I recall, at least a plurality of Democrat no, I'm not a plurality of Democrats also supported that law. Okay, and no book is being banned. Books have always been selectively admitted to school libraries. Like if, you're because, because, if you're explaining, the are record. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like, arguing but, but, that those are books are books that should be excluded like from this, school libraries. People take
2: it too far. Well, yes, and, it, and they're that's idiotic.
4: Okay, that's and on in the digital school.
2: age, the well, idea that we're going to stop the spread of certain information or words or phrases when kids everywhere it. you look have a phone and a tablet in their hand. Yeah, well, Unless you are going to ban Google from existence and YouTube, good luck.
4: Fair enough, but I think there's something to be said for schooling that keeps kids uh, somewhat protected
1: in the writer court but I thought said, Republicans are against the nanny state. Like this is the epitome well, of it. I'm I'm let the man finish. Republicans finish
4: Republicans are for school choice on the part of parents and not dunning taxpayers. Uh, for public schools that don't work for them. So that's where Republicans are, and they're right about that. And the writer Coryton ten Boom uh, once described how her father had, had said, there are some burdens, he said it to her when she was a child, there are some burdens I don't want you to have to bear. And I think we have to bear that in mind when we're talking You're, about I children. wish
2: Republicans cared as much about kids getting killed in schools as they did about the words in the dictionary. Okay, I'll let you respond all to all that. that. <laughs> because I, I, yeah, I mean... That they
4: is, don't. That's silly. They don't. No, would here for the kids? All right, let, no, me, no, no. let me just come ask on. a question. Let me just come ask on. a question. Who advocates for school resource officers? Members of which party, overwhelmingly?
2: I remember that there were a bunch of resource officers and security folks that school evolved the and They didn't officers. show up. They actually did the
1: outlaw. Oh, like, this I mean, has, come this on. is exactly right. what okay. like causes everybody to turn going to tune out to it though because we end up having these book discussions that become these larger purely political things i'm responding to the the, here was bill
0: o'reilly and i'll leave you with this he said "If florida county removes my books killing jesus and killing reagan from school libraries preposterous we are investigating and seeking comment from governor DeSantis. this will not stand bill o'reilly's books uh under review all right coming up here there was a classified uso uh, ufo briefing today in Congress, up on Capitol Hill. After that happened, one member of Congress, uh, Congressman Tim Burchett, walked out. I met him on the steps of the Capitol, and I asked him, were you satisfied, Congressman? What did you hear? What comes next? Our interview with Tim Burchett after that classified briefing on the other side of the break. And be sure to check out our weekly newsletter, Decision Desk 2024, my campaign view. I know that guy. Uh, there's the QR code if you would like to subscribe, top right of your screen. Uh, Monday, we'll have it in your inbox, but we're looking forward to it with the Iowa caucuses. The Hill returns on the other side of the break. Earlier today, uh, started to take critical steps towards transparency surrounding UAPs. They've really been doing it for a while. Uh, But the latest move happened with a closed-door classified briefing up on Capitol Hill. Republican Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett, one of the top lawmakers, probing the issue. He shared his frustrations with me about what he heard behind closed doors. Watch. So you just... Came from the briefing. Were, were you satisfied at at what you heard? I, I know you know.
6: I, you know my biggest thing all along. It's you know, obviously a lot of folks want to. It's little green man, It's flying saucers. Right. My concern is the tens of millions, if not billions, of dollars that we've invested in the research of this issue since 1947 that we know of, and yet the federal government keeps telling Congress they don't exist, and yet. Uh, obviously they're 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 investigating something, so you think and, and then when you have when I have an admiral tell me they 're real when i have uh, the top some of the top pilots in the world say they 're real i i, I don 't see why American taxpayers can 't get that information so you think we' there have been billions in potentially in government money that 's been spent on Developing something or well, that's that I'd like to know that are they developing something or they have they recovered something? that has Allowed them to spend this much money When you come
0: out of
6: of that briefing um, What what questions do you do you have I end up with more questions every time or just yeah? Yeah, always because I always say it's like looking down the barrel of a, of a twenty two rifle. They are very specific in what they know, and it's very compartmentalized. It's like Oak Ridge National Laboratory, which I don't represent, but over 6,000 folks at work there, living in the second congressional district that I represent, and they, um, you know, during the Second World War, over 2,000 people were working on the bomb, and less than a half a dozen knew what, what they were working on because it was so compartmentalized. I mean, husbands and wives did not know. Brothers and sisters who worked at the lab did not know because of that compartmentalization. And that's carried over into this. So say it was a recovered craft in 1947 at Roswell, New Mexico. Every person that was involved in that is is, is dead now. And it's been passed on and passed on and passed on. And now, uh, with these private contractors who you and the press and we as Congress cannot access because of they don't they're not under FOIA Freedom of Information right. Act because they have passed it on to a private contractor and is that by design I don't know, but I still think we need to ask some questions and we need to know some answers that it's just going on too long and I, There's no excuse for not giving us other than arrogance.
0: I, I hear you on on asking questions, and that's part of your job, obviously. But um, I, I'm wondering beyond that, what comes next
6: in in your view? Well, that's a great question. And I'm going to be working with the chairman. And since I'm not chairman of the this so-called subcommittee, that or it is a subcommittee, I'm going to be working with them to get us an excellent list of witnesses for this next hearing and I'm not going to release them because the last time I did that the folks were literally told not to come by, who? by uh, we were told by NASA quasi branch of NASA other groups they, they claim they didn't do it but the folks told me they did and we'd asked over a dozen folks that's 12 and um, we ended up with three excellent witnesses that that put um, their love of this country over the love of themselves because obviously grush was ridiculed uh, he was outed as somebody that had PS, ptsd and you know in east tennessee we don't make fun of people because they served their country and, and suffered from it uh, we celebrate those people and we try to get them and support them but in washington dc they destroy those people and that just shows the ruthless nature and that shows that we are over the target that we have as i was told i have kicked a hornet's nest at the pentagon Hmm. I
0: know you got a flight to catch. So we'll leave it there. Right, Thank buddy. you, sir. Appreciate it.
6: Thank you, guys. Yep.
0: Elizabeth Vargas. Wow, come on in. Um, there was a lot there from Tim Burchett after that. After that classified briefing, you think? Uh,
9: great job <laughs> getting him uh, on their way out. I know everybody's sort of scattering to try and get home before all yeah. these storms hit across the country. Really interesting yeah. that. He's now reluctant to release a future witness list because of witness mm-hmm. intimidation he says he's suffered. But listen, every single one of these congressmen came out of that skiff today and said, huh, I believe Gresh now even more. So uh, his stock and credibility certainly seems to have, have risen as a result of what was happening in this skiff. Listen, something was communicated there, Blake. They didn't all file into a skiff only to have the inspector general, of the intelligence community say, there's nothing there. So they yeah. talked about Sk- something. Skift yeah. is
0: the secret place that you go where you can't like bring your phones, no technology, etc. Et right. Where you, you get the most uh, you know highly sensitive. information. It's classified
9: information, information. and yeah. unfortunately, we're all out in this loop here because Grush told us first on News Nation and then Congress, yep. "Listen, this is happening. There's a top secret pro- program studying this stuff." And I can't tell you anymore because it's classified. And the congressmen yeah. can't come out and say anything either because it's classified. Yeah. So we're, we're know, stuck it, in that it loop.
0: Sh- it struck me, though, when he said, My concern is the tens of millions, if not billions of dollars, that we've invested in research on this since 1947. That's when I was like, wait a minute. Um,
9: 1947?
0: It- Yeah, yeah. And and, and billions of dollars? What what, what do you mean there, Congressman?
9: Yeah, well, I think uh, they're going to be obviously digging into this a lot more because, listen, we are the taxpayers. We are funding this. We get the secrecy that is needed for for national security. But at some point, uh, you can't keep something like this hidden. And according to what he seemed to be saying and the other congressman too, this could be going on now for decades. uh, That this is still a secret. It's pretty remarkable.
0: What do you got coming up tonight on Elizabeth Vargas? Well, we reports? have a
9: lot more on that, uh, as well <laughs> as uh, the, the uh, record-breaking cold and how that might affect things oh. in Iowa. Um, Did I'm you al-
0: see Kelly Meyer's live shot with uh, us? Yeah. It's unbelievable. (laughs)
9: Um, This
4: really is going to be the coldest caucus
9: on record. And I know that President uh, Trump keeps saying my supporters will walk over glass to vote for me. Uh, They might have to almost. You know, it's going to be really, really hard. Uh, But also, listen, we're going to have a very, very uh, important interview with a mother whose son committed suicide, died of suicide Mm. um, after seeing things on TikTok. And it's an Mm. important thing for every parent in this country with a teenager who is having a mental health crisis of any kind and the dangers of what social media can do to those kids it's wow. really
0: really important all right elizabeth fargus reports seven minutes from now here on news nation have a great show elizabeth thank, thank you, you. Uh, and uh she'll be talking to ross coldheart um on all of this uh as it relates to, to what happened up on the hill earlier today before we go though no laughing matter why the feds are now cracking down you know those highway signs you're on the road and you're like haha that's funny cute message are those about to go Final thoughts from the panel on the other side.
3: News Nation tonight, an On Balance special. Leland Bedard gives a preview of the Iowa caucuses, the first major event in the GOP calendar. What's at stake for the candidates and the direction of the Republican Party? Tonight at 7 Eastern, only on News Nation. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop
0: All right, so before we say goodbye, here's a story that caught our eye. Your daily commute could get a little less fun with iconic road signs like these potentially disappearing in Iowa, for example. Uh, this sign on the left reading, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. Travel safely. Uh, the state of Mississippi, this sign uh, reference a Taylor Swift song. Texting and driving, say it. I'm the problem. It's me. Federal highway administrators, though, want to pump the brakes on humorous highway signs because... They can be distracting. Good idea or no, sort of a grinch on. here. Like,
1: we need a little humor yeah. in our lives, especially while you're driving in traffic. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, not like we don't have a road rage problem in this country <laughs> at all.
3: Yeah, like, imagine no. diffusing that with some humor. <laughs> Got it right right.
1: We all need a little Taylor Swift in our lives.
3: The point is
5: they're uh. supposed to be distracting because there needs to be a message there. Yeah. And they don't uh, know like that this one, is more they, harmful okay. than helpful.
0: All right. Okay. All right. Uh, they want uh, those signs gone, by the way, in two years. Uh, by the way, a reminder, we will have special coverage of the Iowa caucus on Monday night here on News Nation. Leland Vitter, live from Des Moines. Chris Cuomo, Dan Abrams, Elizabeth Vargas also join him starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, only here on News Nation. Thank you all for being here. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Friday. Thank you for watching we at home. <laughs> uh, set your DVR to watch us if you need to, 5 o'clock Eastern. Hello to all of you on Sirius XM, by the way. We'll be back on Monday. Elizabeth Vargas Report starts right now.
1: We made it. That.
9: Good evening and welcome, everybody. I'm Elizabeth Vargas, and you're watching News Nation. This is what we call the cold open of the show. Given what's happening with the weather in most of the country, you can take it literally. So let's get started.
6: We could get that in the skiff if we were allowed to get in a skiff.
9: Today, lawmakers finally gain access to that classified skiff. The top secret meeting gave members of the House Oversight Committee a classified look into UFOs. But what does this mean for the fight for transparency?